my predecessor in this job hired a man named Charles Grady as the winter caretaker. And he came up here with his wife and two little girls, I think about eight and ten. And he had a good employment record, good references. And from what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, <laughs> killed his family with an axe. Stacked them neatly in one of the rooms of the West Wing, and uh, then he uh, he put uh, both barrels of a shotgun in his mouth. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. (laughs) Oh, you're just going to do it super early? Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> this is episode 226. Um, wouldn't it have been really cool if this would have been on episode 237? I didn't even think oh, about that. that. We, we, oh, that would have been perfect. I didn't even think about that oh, as, a, yeah. as an option. <laughs> it's episode 226, and tonight we're talking about The Shining. Shiny. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, I should have that handy. <laughs> Um, and tonight I'm Sean Allred and joining me tonight is Andrew Red Rob, Red Rob, Jimison. Andrew's not here right now, Mrs. Torrance. <laughs> Actually really good. Freaking creepy. Oh, love it. And Sam Snowcat X Machina Vector. Absolutely. And uh, my weapon of choice would be uh, to, to hit you in the chest with a full-fledged axe there, Sean. Cool. Well, at least I'd die quickly, I guess. I, I'd, ru- I'd, I'd run screaming, though, around the corner <laughs> and, and give you about three seconds worth of uh, time to at least get out of the way or okay. try to deflect it. And don't worry, even though I've known that I'm going to go on this trip, I mean, I flew up here from Miami and then got onto a, a borrowed snow vehicle, I'm not going to have any way to defend myself. I'm not going to bring any other law enforcement, even though I know something is wrong, and I'm going to be completely and utterly useless, like yep. most of the people in this movie. So well, I have an explanation for that. No, you don't. I do. You yeah. have you have a theory that some wackadoo put on Facebook. There is nothing in wackadoo. this movie that would say. I think it's a full fledged theory. It's a theory, and that's all it is. It's a theory. But you can't disprove it. You can't, it's a, no, you can't disprove it because it's a theory. Unless I read the book, yeah. um, which I'm I I might actually do the, this book. This, that um, would be interesting. I it, just, only because I know Stephen King hates this movie. He does. Yes, that's. Yeah. That's uh, on, he's gone on record many times. In yep. fact, 
uh, Kubrick even went so far as when Stephen King wanted to re-release this as a miniseries, which they did in the 90s, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Kubrick basically, because Kubrick owns the rights to the movie, to the, to, not the movie, but to, to the viewing rights, you know, to, to make it a, a television art form, whatever. And um, he basically said to, to Stephen King, I will relinquish them, but you have to stop making fun. You have to stop talking bad about the movie. <laughs> it drives it drove him cubic uh, crazy how much he hated this movie. <laughs> um, it tells me it's very different than the book. Yeah, I guess I can. I only uh, there's so so a movie like this has lots and lots of trivia. I mean, this there's there's a whole. Oh, by the way, what movie are we talking about? The Shining. I've said that. Nineteen eighties. Oh. The Shining. I, okay. I, I did say that. Uh, actually, go ahead, Andrew. I guess it's I, I guess maybe same as setting up the uh, the the. Yeah, I was, I was wondering what this movie's about. Oh, okay. Yeah, in, in case uh, you've made it this far <laughs> uh, into both the show and life, and don't know what this movie's about, please tell us. A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter, where an evil spiritual presence influences the father into violence, while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings. From the past and of the future. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I guess I should ask this before we go much farther. Had Was was I the only one that had not seen this before? Oh, yeah, I've seen it several times. I've seen it three times. This time was my third. Okay. Uh, no, you know what? I'm, I'm probably there with it. I've seen it, uh, like, parts of it many, many times. This mm-hmm. might have been my full third time. Sure. I watched it, like... Two years ago, yeah, on a whim, and then I saw it maybe when I was in high school. Okay, I yep. had seen bits and pieces through <clears throat> other pop culture references. Oh yeah, you've seen the "Here's Johnny." Yeah, over, I've over seen over, that sure. a bunch of times. I've seen, I've actually seen the scene where he's riding his bike and he sees the girls yeah. because that's in another movie. It's in the movie Twister when they are hanging out at the drive-in movie, and that's the movie that they're playing. And that whole "come play with us, Daddy," you know that scene. That that scene happens. Oh, and speaking of, did it? Uh, did um, not Full Metal Jacket? Um, uh, ah, the movie with the virtual reality um, that just came out Ready and Player had the shining. Ready Player One. Did, oh, Ready did Player that One. Make yeah, more yeah. sense to you now? S- sort of. I mean, there were some moments that. So they make reference in the movie in Ready Player One. I mean, gosh, they go into the the, the movie. The Shining, which of course is the creator of the the place, it's his favorite horror film or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there were scenes that uh, from that that when I watched this, I'm like, oh, okay, but it didn't make sense why the old ladies tried to kill uh, the person in Ready Player One because I was actually <laughs> waiting for her to try to kill Jack, and she doesn't. She just laughs at him. Laughs and um, yeah. So. Um, so there's that, but so there was some other stuff that, so, yeah, so I, again, I had never seen the movie, so there was a lot that I was confused about going into this movie. And the part that honestly, that confused me the most, well, okay, that's not true. There's a lot of stuff that confused me about this movie, but <laughs> I mean a lot. Uh, but one of the things that confused me was the here's Johnny line, because I thought, and I know it's a reference to, or not reference, but it's a. Johnny Carson. It's Johnny Carson, right? It's when he would you know, get introduced and say, here's Johnny. Like, I got that part. But 
I always thought that the reason why he did it in the movie was because his name was Johnny, and it just oh. it just fit. So they kept calling him Jack the whole time, yeah. and I'm like, wait a minute, you're telling me this guy has gone through a psychotic break, ghosts are talking to him, and yet he <laughs> uses a pop culture reference? That doesn't make sense. Like I, that, I, I if I would have had popcorn, I would have thrown it at the screen. I'm just saying. Oh. <laughs> um, I guess uh, so. I'm just gonna go and say it. I didn't like this movie. Oh. And and people are gonna probably. I would love people to 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 come on here and and to explain how how wrong I am. <laughs> I didn't get it. I don't get. There's nothing scary in this movie to me at all. Um, it's more of a thriller. Well. Okay, fine. There's nothing thrilling. It's it's long, and I know Kubrick's films are slow burns. I know that. They're atmospheric. Yeah, I mean, I've seen 2001: A Space Odyssey, you know, maybe two oh. or three times, and that's a and that's a long slow burn. I mean, that's a long movie, especially yeah. when there's long swaths of the movie that there's no sound. Um, but I, I just I didn't like it, and maybe you guys can hear can can explain now again. We can, if you guys want to talk about all these weird theories that we we read, the ones that you posted in the in the group message, we can talk about that. But as as far as what the movie is, as movie as, is. as yeah. what the job yeah. that we are, quote yeah. unquote, paid to do to review the movie. Wait, what? We're paid eh. <laughs> in. In, in 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 each other's company only, <laughs> and the and the and the little bit of um, camaraderie. No 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 dopamine. That's what you get right when you when you do yeah. when you succeed. The little bit of dope, the little dopamine hit I get whenever I look at the downloads and see that people are still downloading the show. I told you, dope and Sam. The podcast. Yeah, you was. Um, so I I want you guys to try to convince me why. This is revered as one of the best horror films of all time because I don't get it. Well, I admit the first time that I saw this, I remember thinking the same thing. I don't get it. I don't understand why it's scary. I don't understand why people like it. But the more I've watched it, the the more I like it and the more that I understand it. And this I, is before I read any theories or anything. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of right there with Andrew. Where the first time I saw it, it was it really was, um, I was bored. You know, there, it had some interesting moments certainly, but it was very boring to me. But uh, I I think these outside sources, these outside theories, these outside different ideas around the movie make it even better uh, for me to look at and try to to figure out what Kubrick was trying to say, because he was a filmmaker who would like every single item placed in a scene has a specific purpose for Kubrick. Mm. Um, and, and of course the way the camera pans and the way the camera goes, um, did, were you guys able to watch that documentary room 237? No, no, no I had no time. This There's one about there about the specific path that Danny takes on his bike can't work because of the way that they, they showed the hotel in the first few scenes or something like that. And, that alone, you know, trying to disorient you. Um, it's just, it's fascinating to me. Just if any of these theories were correct, um, it makes the movie that much deeper. And, and I like that. I like to be able to think about this type of thing. Now, however, the mother still drives me crazy. I, yeah. I cannot, I can't even get behind being scared for her in this movie. There, there are there are some bad actors in this movie. 
Uh, the well, Scatman Crothers, there's no, he had no business being on screen. Um, and a lot of the hotel staff and the mother were just terrible. In this I, movie. Uh, so I'm going to defend Shelley Duvall for a little bit here. Okay. I think she was asked to do one thing to be, and this is going to sound super mean, to be a useless, hysterical mother. <laughs> and she nailed it. She nailed it. I hated yeah. her from the time I saw her on screen. I couldn't stand her. She is a useless individual. She is. Yep. Every, all of her dialogue sucks. Because, and it's not, I'm not yeah. saying the dialogue that she was given to write. I'm saying they didn't give her any meaningful things to say, right? No. The majority of her dialogue is either, what's wrong, Jack? Or, what's wrong, Danny? You know, or just hysterical crying, right? Now, I know Probably that. in a weird southern accent-ish. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's, yeah. That, Even that, though she's from Vermont. Yeah, that, that, that was weird, but whatever. I don't care <laughs> about that part. But, like, she is this, this, the fact that she even connects with um, Jack while she's walking backwards up the stairs with the baseball bat is kind of, frankly, a miracle. Um, <laughs> because... Um, Which, if you read uh, Andrew's theory that he posted, uh, that makes sense. Now. Again, the, I, I can't do that. I have to go off the movie. In the movie, <laughs> it, it, she's swatting at him like he's some fly she's shooing away. Even if she would have hit him in the head, it would have just hurt a little. Like if my son had hit me with a bat, I would have been annoyed. When you hold a bat in the middle, it just uh, won't do. (laughs) But I understand the point of it simply was that we needed to hobble Jack. Yep. Because, I mean, let's face it. needed to be faster than him in the maze. Yeah, we needed him to be at a disadvantage in the maze for the finale. That's the whole purpose of that scene. Um, That moment, I mean, not the scene, that moment. The scene builds great tension. Um, and the way that the director, the way Kubrick filmed it was brilliant. I love the fact that we don't get a jump scare, you know, when she's looking over, okay, after about the third page, I got it. It's all the same. And it's weird. <laughs> I didn't need her to guide, to dive in all 300 pages of him being a lunatic. Uh-huh. But there could have been a jump scare, right? There could have been, you know, we're seeing her face and then there could have been, she shifts her weight and he's standing behind her and there's a jump scare. He doesn't do that. He gives Jack a chance to come in organically and then just freak yeah. her out. And we feel the tension. So there's moments in the movie like, oh, yeah, that's actually really good. I get this. But then there's parts where it's like we complain all the time. And I mean all the time. When movies kind of change the rules halfway through the movie. So okay. you're telling me now. And again, yeah. you have to throw Andrew's. Theory, theory out the door. Out the window. You can't okay. do that for the movie. Even though it's a great theory. It is a good theory. I act, And I think the theory actually, in my opinion, makes the movie a little bit better. Yeah. But but again, I can't do that because you're telling me now ghosts can unlock doors? Like how does Jack can only get out of the cooler unless Grady, ghost Grady, opens the door for him? So if yeah. Grady can open the door for him there, why didn't he just go upstairs and open the door to the bathroom? Well, yeah, that that's why Andrew's theory was I was, you know, it makes that's why it makes so much sense. But yeah, it's kind of that same way, where um, the the physicality of the ghosts. W- when did that happen? So, my wife has my seen wife. this. My wife, yeah, and she has seen or she heard me reading this theory 
Um, cause I was kind of mumbling it to myself <laughs> and I was like, Oh God, it makes so much more sense now. And she was like, what, you didn't get that from the movie. And I said, Oh, really telling me that you thought this the whole time. And she said, yeah, absolutely. And so I guess just the way that she was perceiving it, it was so, this kid all along. So she's perceiving that Danny is the bad guy. Yeah. Well, maybe not the bad guy, but he's, he is engineering a way to be rid of his abusive father. Yeah. That's, I, I never thought of that until I just read that. By the way, should we go ahead and say what that theory is now that our listeners are like, well, shut up and tell me what's going on? Yeah, yeah. You can you can check it out yourself if you want. Um, it's a cracked.com um, site, uh, which, by the way, their site kind of sucks. It, it's yeah. not good for mobile. Especially on mobile. Yeah, it sucks on mobile. Cracked.com slash... Uh, blog slash the the shining makes way more sense if the kid villain. So just do a little Google search for that. Basically, the idea is that Danny uh, is way more powerful with the shining than we're led on, and can actually he's more like like legit like Professor X level stuff, right? Yeah. And I mean, it, I wonder if that's in the book. If you think about, I mean, and here's what has kind of. I mean, after reading this, it made a whole lot more sense to me. The title of the movie itself and like The Shining, as it's explained by Scatman, um, <laughs> it's, he has this power to project. And after hearing that and reading the theory, I was like, God, it makes so much more sense now. And again, my wife, from the minute she heard me mumbling it, under my breath, she was like, yeah, that's what the whole movie's about. And I was like, yeah, okay. So then it wouldn't even, honestly, it wouldn't even really be a horror film. It would be... A revenge film. Kind of a revenge, not quite a coming of age, to whatever, I, I don't know. I mean, there's other parts of the, the, the theory that don't, that don't, I mean, why would he scare himself with some stuff and... um. And I guess someone might be arguing that doesn't go along with this theory that, well, ghosts have actually shown that they can uh, affect real things because Danny shows up with bruises on his neck. Yeah, there you um, go. But in the book, he's attacked by a hose, um, a scary hose, which isn't seen in the movie. So I, I guess he is attacked physically by, by that. So I guess we are saying that the ghost can do... Uh, physical things um, like unlocking doors, I guess. Um, so I guess one of the other questions I had is that is, is the place haunted because of Grady or is the place haunted? It's always been haunted and it's just Grady is what's there now. <laughs> Cause what caused I, Grady to go? Crazy? I take, I take it as it's always been haunted. Yeah. And because of the I whole Indian it. burial ground thing, yeah, yeah, I got a some. Even even before I watched Room Two Thirty Seven, which we'll, we'll go into the whole Indian thing um, in that documentary, it, there's imagery everywhere mm-hmm. in the movie um, from in, you know Indian mm-hmm. Indian designs, That's Indian true. food, yeah, all that sort of stuff. So I figured maybe that was it was some sort of revenge um, burial ground type of sure. thing. So, like, even before the hotel was built, that area was probably very spiritual, active. active I guess now. you could say, yeah. No, I got you. 
And then they got really mad when it was, you know, white man comes and builds on top of it. Sure. No, I get, I, I mean, I get that idea and I'm okay with that idea and that's why it's haunted. But, um, um, so just, but, you know, but the movie doesn't show us that it only shows us Grady and his influence. Yeah. And, and then there's some other random images that we get that don't make sense in the context of the movie because we're not giving context. Yeah. Like, when the mother finally sees the dude getting a BJ from a guy in a bear costume. <laughs> what was that? There's, there's no context to that. This is straight out of a Kubrick mind, though. Well, that, it's just no, like, that, that's actually in the book. Um, is it really? Yeah, that's actually... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the scene where Wendy is running and sees a room where a man in a bear costume is having sex with a former hotel manager was never explained in the movie, leaving the audience very confused as to why it was there. In the book, during a year at the hotel, the manager had a secret homosexual affair with a party guest dressed in a dog costume. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a it's a it's a moment in the book that Kubrick just put in the movie for shock value, I guess. Yeah. Um, so you know, it 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 kind of goes along with that haunted house trope that certain images and certain happenings just reoccur uh-huh. in, in the place itself. That's what I got from from that type of thing. Okay. I still don't understand the blood elevator. Yeah, I don't get that either. And I don't get and that the whole place is so haunted that, you know. It's just a scary effect. I mean, it, it took them like three months to film that, by the way. Yeah. Um, wow. I, it's funny. I keep hearing all these horror, horror stories about Kubrick and how mean he is to his cast and how abusive he was to Shelley Duvall, but super protective of Danny and you know, he makes people do like 30 and 40 and 50 takes of each scene. Yeah. Um, and, and all I could think of is if your crew on one of his movies, you're good for half a year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> the crew loves him, right? Oh yeah. I'm like, okay, how much I'm, I'm going to be the boom operator for this movie. Okay, sure. It's a, Oh, it's a Kubrick film. Hell yeah. Sweet. Sign me up. I'm going to be there for six months getting my day rate. <laughs> Oh, getting three meals a day? Heck yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd be all over that. Of course, he probably yells at you for some reason. Yeah. It's a boom well, shadow when he comes I'm over and slaps Getting his eye line. <laughs> oh, uh, for, now, for what it's worth, that wasn't a sound guy. That was the director of photography. So, oh, okay. Yeah, that wasn't a sound guy. Um, though the sound guy recorded the scene and then leaked it. So the sound guy is actually kind of... Uh, kind of shady in that whole Christian yeah. Bale yelling scene. Um, in fact, when I was doing a movie, I was working on a movie when that whole thing happened, and um, the director of photography on that movie, he was my boss because I was a I was a grip on that movie, uh, and I was the only grip. So uh, he decided to do his own little uh, Christian Bale on me, <laughs> and uh, so like so we were such a small production that. I would always look ahead and set up the scene for the next the next one so we could always kind of stay on schedule. And so my boss, his name is Damon, he says, set this light here and set this light there and, and put this color on it and put this color on it, whatever. So I'm doing all that. And then when they, when they they're, they you know, okay, we're done up here, we're going to move downstairs. So I run upstairs to break down the equipment. And he uh, Damon only ever called me All Red. He never called me Sean. He just called me. So I hear from downstairs, All Red! I'm like, oh, Okay. So I go running downstairs. I'm like, what's going on? And he lays into me. You st- 
stupid son of a... And it's just, I told you to put this light there and that light over there. And you, I, I gave you simple instructions and you screwed it all up. And my brain is spinning, right? Because this is in front of the entire cast and crew, right? Of a, oh, of a mostly kind of Christian film kind of basis. So there's a lot of young kids. I mean, he's not cursing, but he still blasts me. And so my, my brain is in like hyper mode. And, and then there's a moment where I'm like, the logic center of my brain finally kicks in and says, they're the same light fixture. There's, there literally is no right or wrong. They're literally the same light fixture. So then I'm like, why is he yelling at me? And then he just stops and smiles and everyone starts laughing and I laugh. It was pretty funny, but there was about 30 or 45 seconds of him yelling at me where I was like, oh my God, I'm so screwed. I'm in trouble. I'm going to get fired from this job. Anyway, sorry. Um, what, were we, what were we talking about? I don't know. I just, okay. So a lot of the, one of the, one of the themes of the movie is that alcohol is bad, right? Okay. Yeah. And Shelly Duvall is, is mildly explaining to the doctor lady that, oh yeah, well, Jack, you know, he was drunk one night and he dislocated my son's shoulder, but it's fine. And she, she calmly mentioned something about she ran into a door, which of course is code for he hit me. So, mm-hmm. so the movie really early on establishes Jack as kind of a horrible human being. Yeah. Um, he's certainly not a saint. He's not. And that was one of um, King's um, complaints about him is that he wanted a guy who was the perfect dad. And that's what makes his transformation more shocking. Is, you know, he wants Mr. Rogers to murder his family. Because uh. that would be more shocking, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of a guy who at the movie the beginning of the movie is already labeled as an asshole. Um, so. Well, and I did this, this one time I did notice I, 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 you start noticing Jack's, um, transformation, mm-hmm. uh, into crazy. And I think it, this time I, I noticed it right after she comes in basically accusing him of, of hurting the kid. Mm. And he kind of goes pretty crazy pretty quick, um, yeah. at least in my mind, because that's when he goes up to the bar and the bar appears and, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff. He sells basically sells his soul for a glass of, of uh, oh, alcohol. Bourbon, yeah, I think is what it was, yeah. So that was, you know, that was one time this, this viewing, at least I was like, hmm, you know, I, I love seeing Crazy Jack. Who doesn't, right? Um, but when isn't he crazy? But, he, <laughs> but when when Jack is crazy, he's crazy, dude. Yeah, I I mean, I I wonder if he's an ounce of crazy in real life. Yeah, I don't know. I just he scares me as an individual. I just I'd be terrified to even work with him. I think this is was a great audition for the Joker. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> an audition that he didn't want because he didn't want to do the Joker until. Yeah. Uh, Tim Burton kind of berated him into doing it. Um, uh, I, I wrote a lot of notes before really, cause again, it's a long movie. So like I wrote a lot of notes before we even got to like the hotel and the, and the snow and stuff. I mean, I, I wrote, why is it a thing that Kubrick only borrows classical music? I mean, he's using DA Siri. Now I then found out that that's actually not DA Siri. I mean, it is, but it's not just straight up DA Siri. He stole it from another movie he did. Um, he st- that's actually 
music from A Clockwork Orange. Really? Yeah. So it sounds like Disney. It is Disney, but they they stole it from. It, it's a it's an it's like an arrangement of Disney. Um, and then I said, ah, a time when you could smoke in the house with your kid. Ah, the 80s. Dude, right up against him. I know. Literally, she's breathing into his face. Yeah. Uh, and then I wrote, so he's a writer, school teacher, slash repairman. I did. His skill set didn't seem right for the job. I just, that never, that never made sense to me. They're like, oh, we need you to be the caretaker. Okay. What? What qualifications do you have to start a boiler or trim the hedges and keep the line? line like, I'm a writer. Okay. Um, I, I can understand certainly making sure, you know, the place doesn't burn down, you know, that there's no leaks in the roof. Yeah, but again, like, <laughs> they never they never explain that he has that skill set, but whatever, it's fine. But again, of course, according to Andrew's theory, uh, none of that matters because the kid tricks uh, the guy we heard in the intro into hiring Jack. Yeah. So whatever. Uh, I did write minor child abuse, dot, dot, dot. I know we did things differently in 1980 than we do now, but leaving your kid in the game room still seems weird. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. I just... I do it all the time. Yeah. Like... My kids are outside in the street right now. <laughs> <laughs> Playing. They wanted. To, they wanted to start juggling knives. So I said, "Sure." Yeah. You know, take them out of the kitchen and go out there. And, go out and play yeah, in the street. Practice. That's great. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Don't come in until you get it right. Yeah. Make sure they. Uh, uh, here's a lawn dart from my youth. And, uh, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> oh. Those. Did you, any of you guys ever play those? By the way. Yeah. 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 Those things were terrifying. Well, I played lawn dart. I didn't have a lawn dart. I had a, an arrow from a bow and arrow. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember why I had one arrow, but I just had one. Um, and Chris Manley and I would play lawn darts with the arrow. We'd uh, there. There was three three of us guys in the neighborhood, and one of us would throw it as far up in the air as we could, and then we'd stand back to yeah. back to back. Yeah, yeah. Throw it way up and then run, yeah. and then you know it would land. Hopefully, you know where we were standing, but you never quite knew if uh, the aim was a little off. So I grew up in a redneck household, and uh, <laughs> so you would just shoot, you would shoot yeah. buckshot at each other. Yeah, my brother and I both had a bow and arrow, like oh, a youth bow and arrow, but still could be lethal. And <laughs> stand in the front yard with friends over at our house, shoot it straight up in the air. And then we played chicken, basically, and the first one to move was out. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Don't they do that in the the Big Daddy movie? Oh, dear. Yeah. Not Big Daddy. Grown Ups. That's what it is. Grown Ups. Yeah. And uh, friggin', um, oh, the burrow's going to be pissed. That guy, he got it in the foot twice (laughs) in that movie. So he won. Or lost. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, it was funny. <laughs> well, my buddy Stephen uh, Everett, who's been on the show before, we used to um, – he had a collection of BB guns, and so did uh, my – I had one, and Chris had one. And we would play at night. We would go, and he had one of those – so imagine like those um, – like a tree house, but it yeah. was a brand-new neighborhood, so there was no trees. So it was just like a fort up in the air on four-by-fours that were – Nine, ten feet in the air. Yeah. So, again, treehouse, just no trees. 
And so whoever was on the treehouse got the rifle BB gun. You do two pumps, not enough to break skin, right? And then the other <laughs> other was we would try to sneak up, and the goal was to um, get close enough that we, because we had pistols, to get close enough with the pistols, and we had a target, like a piece of paper, plastic target, whatever, to hit the target. Because, I mean, you couldn't hit it at anything. Le- you had to be closer than 30 yards. Had to be. So, yeah. so basically, we're sneaking in the dark, trying to get close enough. And the last 30 yards is just open yard. So either you just make a run for it and hope your bullet hits. Or otherwise, whoever's in the castle is going to get you to, you know, in the chest with a BB gun. We used to play that all the time. <laughs> Amazing, we literally didn't shoot our eyes out. Oh, my oh God. dear Lord. Oh, the kids of the 90s, man. Anyway. Um, speaking of, of, of kids, I would have been all over that property in that snowcat. The first time he's like, here's a snowcat. You ever driven one? Nope. Yeah. I'm, but I'm going to. Uh, the first snow so that it doesn't screw up the yard, I'm all over this place. I ought to have been all over it. Um, Did anybody ever notice either on the very first opening shots of the hotel, there is no way that uh, that maze would be that big in that area. No, I didn't. I, I never thought about yeah, that. If you ever watch it again, check it out um, because it shows the, the outside view of the hotel, mm-hmm. which is basically on the side of a mountain. Yeah. yeah. And there is no way that the maze is where it's shown later in the movie. Well, part yeah. of the maze was built like the whole, the big part of the maze was built like, like on an airstrip or something, yeah. I think. Um, I know. I know the scenes where they're filming at the end when Jack's chasing Danny. That was filmed on the same set as Empire Strikes Back on Hoth. They use okay. uh, they use a lot of the oh. same snow. They just reuse no. Yeah, which is basically salt and styrofoam. Oh, crushed salt and styrofoam. And the and the and part of the trivia again. There's a lot of trivia on this movie. Um, you know, they talked about like it was it was so hot on set during those scenes that literally like the crew was down to like boxer shorts and t-shirts. And whenever the, whenever the cast would have breaks between set resetting up shots, they would literally just take their clothes off. Oh my gosh. Like Jack would be down to, you know, you know, just his pants and his wife beater and Danny would, you know, strip because uh, it, it was so hot. Yeah, I know. I guess kid, he never laid a hand on her. It was only the kid. Most of his aggression was towards the kid. Um, which goes back to... Try. Did try, but he just couldn't get through. Oh, I did notice a mistake this time. Mm. The bathroom door. Okay. The bathroom door, when he, when he first, um, you know, he gets through one panel. He sticks his face in. Here's Johnny. And he hears the snowcat start, right? Mm-hmm which causes him to leave mm-hmm. when, when you next see his wife starting to try to get out of the door, two panels have been knocked out on the door. Mm. Huh. That's yeah. right. That's something I noticed this time too. Yeah. I'm sure I never, I, I don't typically go through the goofs on IMDb for a movie before yeah. we do the podcast, just because you can get real, uh, um, <laughs> well, you can just you know you can get real into the woods. Um, uh, Dick Halloran is shown to possess The Shining, a combination of telepathic and precognitive abilities. However, he is somehow unable to foresee his own death at the hands of Jack. Yeah, that's because Jack isn't showing him that part. Oh, uh, Danny, you mean? Or Danny? Yes. Yeah, um, 
This is different to the book where Dick is able to sense his potential death in the near future. Um, the changes, yeah, yeah. Scatman. Um, so, so I just popped up the IMDb page. Mm-hmm. You, I'm sure we've all seen the Shining um, poster, the yellow mm-hmm. with the big T. Yeah. I don't know if that accurately reflects what the movie is. Yeah, that that also that that image is kind of terrifying. What like that that one image is more terrifying than any of than the terrifying... anything in the movie. Like, is it the child? Is, is that Jack? Like, what is that? Yeah, right. It almost looks like a Chucky doll. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like I don't know what that is or who it's supposed to be. I guess that'd be. I actually to me that that would go up in some of the worst. I would I would think that that belongs more in um, the the uh, demon guy, the the exorcist, than it would shining. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's weird. Uh, Speaking of good good horror movies, I, I would totally put exorcist in terms of scariness. Leaps and bounds uh, uh, in front of this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I did see that there's a bunch of really interesting things about the shining, the poster itself. Um. And there's a whole there's a whole Gizmodo.com, Kubrick and uh, the guy that wrote that did it, but anyway. There was like 300 different kinds of posters created for the movie. Um, I just did a Google search of wh- whose face is it on the on the post on the poster. Uh, there's a lot of uh, Saul Bass's rejected poster concepts for The Shining. Um, the fox is. Uh, Supposedly, it shows Jack Nicholson's grinning face to the jacket hole. Well, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't look like Jack. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm. Like, at all. Anyway, there's a, there's a lot of stuff you can get into about... Like, the one that I've seen, the most I've seen before, is the one where it is Jack's face through the through the door. That's the one that I've seen the most. Um, in fact, the, the yellow one there is actually kind of... For, for the first time I've actually seen it was when we watched this the other day. Oh, by the way, I checked out Goofs on IMDb, and the first two are talking about the maze and then the door panels. Mm-hmm. Oh, under continuity? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, continuity's hard, and even on a movie mm-hmm. like, especially with Kubrick, where you have so many takes, you're going to have a lot of continuity issues. Yeah. Um, the ones that I like are like uh, crew or equipment visible. When Jack enters Mr. Ullman's office for the interview, you can see Kubrick's head and a crew member reflected in the window. That stuff makes me laugh. Uh, shadows from camera equipment are occasionally visible on Denny's back when he's riding to the hotel on the trike. Um, like you talked about, Sam, earlier about the stuff that fascinated you. The stuff yeah. that fascinated me about this movie was the new technology invented, the Steadicam. The Steadicam was invented, and this movie was the first to take advantage of that technology. That's how we got that really cool... Yeah. Shot of, of Danny on the trike because literally this, the Steadicam op is in a wheelchair being pushed by a crew so he can kind of keep up with Danny. That's why we get that like we're flying behind him scene. 
I wondered about that in the in the scene where they follow Jack in, or I guess, yeah, they follow him into the office mm-hmm. because the camera is following him, and then it just kind of stops at the office door, yeah. and they're all in there together. And I thought, man, the camera is really steady for somebody to be holding it. Yeah. yeah that's so I thought that maybe that's something, you know. Yeah, the steady cam. And you see steady cams every time you watch a football game, right? Every time someone oh, yeah. scores a touchdown, the guy runs out with a steady cam. I mean, that's old technology now. I've even operated a steady cam before. Well, it wasn't just, wasn't the brand steady cam. It's technically called a glide cam, but that's not the point. The point is, is that uh, the technology in 1980 was so new and innovative that it was really cool, and it really gave you an opportunity to create these really cool shots. Um, I mean, like one of my favorite steady cam shots ever. And of course, it's in my favorite movie of all time. Is in Serenity, the opening scene when we're meeting all the crew of the fire yep. of Serenity for the first time. If you're watching the movie only as the movie, you know when you're meeting the crew, that's all Steadicam, and they do it's it's about a five minute scene, and there's only one cut because um, there's only so much film you can fit in a can on a film camera. But oh, hi, cat! <laughs> Once again, we're doing a Halloween movie, and you got to come over here and freaking scare me. Of course, bless it. Like next, like next month when we're, or next week when we're we're done with Halloween movies and stuff, she won't tell, she won't come near me anymore. That's <laughs> how cats are. I guess. Yeah. She, she can sense. They something. they're half in. They are half in. Yeah. I have a friend who told me she had a cat growing up, and one day it just decided, "I'm done with you guys," and it went to live with a neighbor. <laughs> and that's totally the attitude of a cat. Yeah. <laughs> We've been for like five years, and then one day was like, and, no, uh, I'm out. They got better Screw cat food. Those. Their litter is nicer. Yeah. Um, I said only Jack can make have a conversation with his own kids. Seems super creepy. Um, <laughs> also, um, again, the whole movie really does a good job of making you hate Jack. Uh, listening to him justify him hurting his kid, which again, again, barring Andrew's theory. And I'm just going to call it your theory because you're the one to sent the, the link. I know you didn't actually create the theory. Is that why does Jack's recount of him hurting his kid different than Wendy's? Yeah. You know, like she said, oh, it was three years ago. Jack says, no, it's five months ago. So either she's lying to cover up for Jack, which in an abusive relationship, she would do that. Mm-hmm. Or he has hurt Danny more recently than three years ago. So, anyway, either way, Jack sucks. Um, <laughs> I also thought the, I did laugh when uh, Scatman. The only two pictures in his room are of <laughs> naked black women. That just made me laugh. <laughs> Uh, was it was that the eighties? I mean, was that early eighties, late seventies? I mean, I guess. was that a thing? I guess I don't know. I don't so, know. There was a lot of naked in this movie for for and non sexually naked, like like the naked woman out of the bathtub. I mean, it was. Again, still not sure the point of it. <laughs> I liked the the theory's explanation of that. That it's. Danny 
trying to prove that his dad is a terrible person. Well, he's trying to justify yeah. him basically murdering his dad because up oh, he 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 uh, went was unfaithful to mom. So and in the theory, it says that the only reason that they just hug and kiss is that's the only thing sexual that a kid that age would know. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm okay with that idea of the theory. Again, it still doesn't make sense to the movie. What, what the whole purpose of it was anyway. Um, I'm assuming that room 237, I think, I think the movie does a good job of making you assume mm-hmm. that 237 is the room where, uh, uh, magic happens. Yeah. Where they, where he, where he killed his family and killed himself. And so that room is more spiritually connected or whatever, uh, more haunted than the rest of the rooms. Um, that room is pure 80s magic, by the way. Uh, Early 80s, late oh, 70s magic. I'm kidding. The, uh, the, the decor and the furniture is just so spot on. I guess oh, yeah. maybe the, the movie does, um, other than the fact that Danny has a bruise, maybe the ghost put, because the, the door's locked, right? Danny checks that the door's locked. And then Danny goes by another time, and then there's a key in it. So I guess oh, the ghost put yeah. the key there. So maybe the ghost did, um, there was a... Uh, a time in which the ghosts move matter um, around. So, okay, there, I, I solved my own issue. <laughs> um, I didn't know so much that this movie was not at the hotel. We, we follow... Um, okay, again, I know that... <laughs> so I've spent... Uh, this year, I've flown half a dozen times this year to various places around the States jet setter. And, um, I know flying in the 1980s is different than flying now, but I am always painfully aware of when my flight leaves and when it lands and like all that stuff. I'm just hyper vigilant. So just showing the scene where he has to flag down a stewardess and says, what time will we be landing in Denver? And she's like, Oh, it'll be about five hours. No, you would have known that a long time ago. Like <laughs> that information is not new. That's not secret. They would have said that a thousand times between the time that you got on the plane when they do the safety check. Like I know the whole purpose is just so that we know that he's on a plane and it takes five hours to get there. So we have at least five hours while Jack can terrorize his family. Fine, but <laughs> just maybe uh, he was shining during that. Maybe that maybe he's fine. Maybe he's trying to shine in. Maybe I don't know. But you're not wrong, Andrew. The movie or Sam, which one would you make the point that the book is called The Shining, and there's very little shining actually happening. Yep. It's more like the slowly going insane. Ing. Mm-hmm. You know, I just. It's like a it's 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 a haunting with. Yeah, it's a haunting. Insanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's very little actually shining happening. So. They immediately called it the overlook. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, I go back to that's why the theory makes more sense. Again, the theory does make the movie a little bit better for me, but I still don't like the movie very much at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just being honest. And again, I want I want people to try to argue with me why yeah. they think it's I great. The I appreciate atmosphere. I don't know the the music and the the creepy choirs yeah. and the. I, I just I really appreciated that this time in terms of setting up the the emotion and setting up the the, f- the feeling of creepiness in this giant hotel. Sure. I no, mean, I, I'm, have you guys ever been place where it's you're the only one in there and it's just huge and it just feels 
awkward? Uh, yeah. I mean, when I was managing the 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 buildings at when I was at UNC Charlotte, yeah. there was a couple times when I'm in the building by myself, and um, I mean, it's not a building that's that size. It's a pretty big building. Um, but I never felt not there. The only times I've ever felt any kind of weirdness was actually when I was working at Carowinds in that theater. Mm-hmm. And well, that's supposed to be haunted down there, isn't it? It is. Uh, whether you believe in ghosts is irrelevant. The, the building's haunted. Just telling you. I mean, <laughs> there's a little girl. She haunts the building. Um, I've not physically seen her. I've seen her actions. I've seen her open doors, like physically seen doors open, and there's no one on the other side of them. Um, doors that can't be opened by wind because they're interior, things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen that kind of stuff. Um yeah. Seen blood come out of the elevators. Yeah, I mean, blood, well, no elevator. I've seen blood come out of the the, the ice rink. No, um, <laughs> out of Snoopy costume. Yeah, ooh, that would be terrifying. <laughs> Snoopy's like starts coughing blood up out of a costume when there's no one in it. Ooh, that'd be terrifying. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I I get that. Um, like Kubrick is great at world building. Like yeah. if there was some kind of oh, yeah. baby that that Kubrick and Zack Snyder could have. And then, oh, yeah. then a DC movie would be good because that's Snyder's biggest problem is he can't world build very well. Yeah. Um, and Kubrick's really thing. Yeah. And Kubrick's great at it. Um, again, I felt the emptiness of that hotel a lot. I mean, through, like I said, through sound design, um, I thought that the, the, the fun little, um, scene where Jack is looking down at the model of the maze and he's, he's seeing Wendy and, Danny oh, yeah. Walker, that was cool. Mm. That was a neat shot. Um, so there's a lot of neat things in this movie uh, to like. Um, you know, kind of one of those um, the 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 parts. It's not the parts are greater than, or it's not the sum are greater than the parts, but like the parts are greater than the sum. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did I use that right? Yeah. It's it's backwards than the the normal thing that you would use it for. Yeah. Um, uh, like this podcast, we the three of us are better than the show is. So, anyway. are you sure? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I wasn't uh, expecting the N word in this movie. That that kind of caught me off guard. Um, during early eighties, of course. Well, the guy Grady, remember, he's from the seventies. So it it kind of makes sense why Ghost Grady would say the N word. Yeah. Um, so it just still seemed, it just threw me off guard. I was like, oh my gosh, that's, I mean, that was more off putting than anything else in the movie, honestly. That was the horror moment for me. It was like, oh, we're just going to do that. Okay. Um, did a ghost just double dare him? That's kind of what happens, right? He's like, yeah, we know you, we didn't, we knew you couldn't kill your wife and kids. No, I can't. I can do it. Give me another chance. <laughs> Double dog dare you. A double dare you to kill your family with an axe. Okay, fine. Um, why wouldn't he go straight? Oh yes, and and then when when the guy shows up, he like why wouldn't he go straight to their room? Like he's <laughs> why didn't he go straight to the room? And if he thought something was wrong, why didn't he take measures to protect himself? Yelling at his location instead of yelling at his location. Um. <laughs> and then my last note was, oh, that's where that meme comes from, where Jack is frozen. 
on the ground. Yep. <laughs> I've seen that meme a thousand times, you know, like yeah, me- meanwhile in Boone. Meanwhile basically. in Boone or when your wife puts her cold feet on you in bed, you know, like all those kind of things. Yeah. I said that specifically because my wife can Oh, she's not here. I thought she was. Never mind. Anyway, um Oh, she's there. She yeah, she is somewhere. Always listening. Um <laughs> I don't know. I just I had a hard time putting my brain around this movie. Wrapping yeah, that, that, I mean, that's a, but see, that's a Kubrick film, though. Yeah, I get that. You know, he, he doesn't do it just for, I don't know, for fun. It's his kind of fun, I guess you could say. It's the same thing with um, Dog on It, uh, the, 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 the space movie. Um, 2001, yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all, yeah. It kind of has that same feeling where you can view it as a simple space, you know, thing, or. Or you could view it as this giant epic masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Um, And that's what this is. I mean, I get that. I get that this movie is trying to be this grand attempt at something. And uh, the movie does have a bigness to it. It... um, uh, There's a lot... Again, the parts... There's some parts that are really great. I just... I was never scared... And, and and someone might be saying, well, you're, it's 2018, you've seen a lot of scary movies. I don't do scary movies. I don't. Mm-hmm. So the literally the only time I watch scary movies is for this podcast. So We do four a year. We do four a year. And it was the last four <laughs> weeks. And Mother was not yeah. scary, and neither was Doom, and which tried to be and failed. So um, yeah. <laughs> the, the last movie that really scared me, um, and I'm looking back at our list, the Exorcist gave me issues, not going to lie. The Exorcist gave me some nightmares for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, uh, Bird Dimmick, no problem. Buried, I had some, yeah. Buried kind of gave me a little claustrophobic moment. Babadook. It was more of a thriller than it was scary. Yeah, Babadook kind of a little bit, some moments that were a little creepy. Yeah. Um, the Babysitter was great. Love the Babysitter. That was fun. <laughs> that was just fun. Um, yeah, he shot me. What an <laughs> asshole! He shot me to boob. I forgot about that. Uh, the Exorcist <laughs> and Event Horizon were kind of the last two movies that we did. I was kind of like, this is kind of scary. Actually. Yeah, Event Horizon kind of bothered me a little. Yeah, Event Horizon's got some some great <laughs> yeah. horror film moments. Um, the Fantastic Fear of Everything didn't know. Zombievers was dumb. Saw was kind of cool. Um, and of course, the ABCs of Death we all hated tremendously. Um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil was great. The Prophecy, no, no problem. The Frighteners was great. And Poltergeist, no, Poultrygeist was stupid. So my point is, is that honestly, the last movie that legit kind of scared me, like scared me, scared me, was The Grudge. That movie bothered me. Oh, really? Oh, that movie. We didn't didn't watch The Grudge, though, did we? Not for the podcast. That was in, I was in college. Um, Sarah and I went and watched it with some friends and... I it gave me legit nightmares, and uh, I was living in um. That was when Andrew, we were, uh, you didn't live with me then. Never mind. But it was when I was living in apartment four, and it's a townhome, and so there was a you know a, a story above us, and my roommate Chris had a black cat that was running around upstairs, and I went up there and said, "Get that thing under control, or I'm coming back with a pillowcase, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm gonna drown it, and then we're gonna perpetuate the movie." So. 
Oh, that poor cat. He he, he kind of laughed and was like, I'm like, no, seriously, dude, get that cat under control. I'm freaking out downstairs. He's like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> so that was truly the last movie that really scared me. So um, maybe I, I don't know. I don't know what it means. It means nothing. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about, about this movie? No, I, I highly, highly recommend people watching the, the documentary Room 237. I do want to watch it. I do. Yeah, it it goes everywhere from the, the significance of the number to did Kubrick confess to taping the Apollo moon landing to yes, yeah, um, yeah. the specific Indian um, uh, food Wait. parcels in the movie were were on purpose. So, I mean, there's some really cool, interesting things. There's no uh, way he did the moon landing because that that's, that stuff's all too interesting. Yeah. Ah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Throwing shade on the dead man. So, but it's, it's, it, I highly recommend checking that out to just to further your enjoyment of the movie. Uh, you ready for some clips? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, here's the first one anyway. I only captured this because I, I laughed when she says the word alcohol. Something good did come out of it all because he said, Wendy, I'm never going to touch another drop. And if I do, you can leave me. And he didn't. And he hasn't had any alcohol in uh, five months. Oh, alcohol? In five months. That's not a long time. Thank you, olive oil. All I can see her as is olive oil from that (laughs) really bad uh, uh, Richard Altman. uh, Who did that movie? I know uh, Robin Williams was was Popeye, but... (laughs) Robert Robert Altman? I can't remember. Anyway... It was a dumb movie. That was the only two movies she did that year. Oh, wait, what's happening? What's that? No, Siri, go away. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> I did not call you. <laughs> Maybe Danny Danny is uh, pressing the button in his mind. Maybe. Or with his mouth person. Tony. Um, yeah. Um. Robert Altman. Yeah, it was Robert Altman. I don't know why I wanted to know that, but I did. Uh, number two. Oh, uh, so I labeled this um, on my notes. I labeled this as asshole. <laughs> um, so basically, it's just me commenting that Jack, this is 19 seconds of him being an asshole. And we're going to make a new rule. Whenever I'm in here, you hear me typing. Whether you don't hear me typing, what the f*** you hear me doing in here when I'm in here, that means that I am working. That means don't come in. How do you think you can handle that? And then she hit him with a bat. Oh, wait, no. That's um, so you're saying I should not come in? What? Yeah. What? I don't understand. So you're saying I should just let you starve. Let's just leave you alone forever. Got it. <laughs> I can do that. I won't be the good wife and bring you a sandwich, which sounds great, by the way. I'd like a sandwich. I could use. Oh one. man, I'm starving. I'm I good. Can I use could, a sandwich right now. My, yeah, my my bowl of ramen is was good, but I could I could use some, yeah. some chicken salad in the fridge. I'll probably go eat that real soon. Oh, there you go. Uh, I thought this was a very. I've I've actually never heard this term being used before as a derogatory term used for a woman. Um, honestly, uh, so it kind of caught me off guard. 
And again, again, just the movie making us painting the picture that Jack's a horrible human being. Just a little problem with the uh, old sperm bank upstairs. <laughs> Nothing I can't handle, though, Lloyd. I just, I, I've honestly never heard that as a phrase. Uh, as You've a, never heard that? Not as a derogatory to a woman, no. Um, oh, wow. I, I've heard okay. I've heard lots of other phrases and things, but I've, I've never heard sperm bank. Um, yeah. So that was... Uh, not a nice way to talk about your wife no it's not no, uh -uh. really really isn't so all right and then this is the last clip i got and of course you know i had to capture it here's johnny there you go so um voted one of the best lines ever like and it's funny because um kubrick didn't know he didn't he didn't get the line he didn't know why he did that because he didn't know who johnny carson was <laughs> and so when he ad-libbed oh. it like, he had to be talked into keeping the line, uh, which is kind of funny. All right, here we go. And now for some more bad news. Ready? Again, a movie like this is going to have lots of trivia. And I've talked about several. Yes. Uh, I've already talked about several moments of it. Um, so I'm going to read some of this, and it might spark more uh, conversation, which I'm, I'm hoping for. Because Danny was so young, and since it was his first acting job, Kubrick was highly protective of the child. During the shooting of the movie, Lloyd was under the impression that the film he was making was a drama, not a horror movie. In fact, when Wendy carries Danny away while shouting at Jack in the Colorado lounge, she is actually carrying a dummy. So Lloyd would not have been in the scene. The, he wow. only realized the truth years later when he was shown a heavily edited version of the film. He did not see the uncut version of the film until he was 17 years old. Wow. Um... Oh, you said uncut. Yes. What? Is that funny? No, okay. To get, to get Jack Nicholson in the right agitated mood, he was fed only cheese sandwiches for two weeks, which he hates. That's oh, funny. that would get me oh to... Even if I like cheese sandwiches, I'd still be sick uh, of it. After day three, I'd be like, can I get like a burger or something? Like anything? Uh, and I'm sure everybody else was getting fed really good food. Oh, yeah. This is why I couldn't be an actor. Like, I'll I'll act how you want me to act, but don't don't give me that crap. Well, that's that whole <laughs> that's that whole method acting and method directing. Um, we talked about this when we did The Exorcist. The um, the director of The Exorcist wanted to get a a jump scare, so um, he actually fired a gun on set and he told the crew that he was going to do it, but not the actors, and uh, told them to record. And so then he fired a gun towards the actors, and when they did the jump scare, he's like, all right, great, moving on. Because you know, they didn't know it was coming. Uh, Shelley Duvall suffered from nervous exhaustion throughout the filming, including physical illness and hair loss. But did, wow. did she seem, I mean, was she acting? Well, I, some of it is I was sure it's acting, and some of it is just her legitimately just exhausted and frustrated at Kubrick, because Kubrick just was awful to her from all the stuff that I read. Just was was just mean and you know i mean um jack nicholson has said in many interviews that you know she had the hardest acting job he has ever seen in a movie because of what she was asked to do and how she had to do it so you know andrew made the point he said that she thought it was bad acting i thought it was actually really good because she was asked to do a very simple thing be a hysterical mother mm -hmm. um I hated her character, 
The only character in the whole movie that's not useless is Danny. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you think that Cooper treated her that way because he wanted her to react a certain way? Probably. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know that. Directing? Um, yeah. 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 Stephen King was quite disappointed in the film while admitting that Stanley Kubrick's visuals were stunning, which is, again, what I've agreed with. He said that the surface, it was all surface and not substance. He often described the film as a fancy car without an engine. Uh, Stephen King has also said he never understood why people find this movie scary. Well, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is my moment of... Oh, I, I, always, I always forget to cue this up. And I wonder if he intended for the book to be scary. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that is one big pile of shit. Okay, so here's that moment for us in the trivia. There's always that one in the trivia, right? So... And three different pieces of trivia I found have three different um, answers, not answers, but three different stories as to, uh, to this thing I'm about to read. According to Vivian Kubrick, in her commentary on making The Shining, Margaret Adams, listed in the credits as the director's secretary and also the production manager on Eyes Wide Shut, was the person who typed up the hundreds of various dull little boy pages that are used in the movie. It apparently uh-huh. took her a few months. According to the trivia, Kubrick did it himself. And according to another piece of trivia, it was um, they made the actors do it. So, like, no one knows. No one knows. <laughs> and see, that's bull. Yeah. But, I mean, if you don't know for sure, don't write something up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's somebody just hearsay. Yeah. It would make more sense to have everybody like do a page instead of yeah. one person doing it all. Well, and like and in, in typical kind of Kubrick being weird, like he had an office with a secretary who they talked about there. Um you know, she she comments in the um on the commentary that Kubrick was looking for his next project and he was reading books. He wanted to to make a movie from a novel. And like every day she would hear him read a little bit and then just throw the book against the wall. And she knew that he had finally found his project when after about four hours, she hadn't heard a book get thrown against the wall. So, I mean, that just, mm-hmm. all, all that tells me is Kubrick is insane, is all that tells me. It's that he's just a, he, the dude's just bananas. <laughs> so, um, we're getting ready to hit to our, we're, we're to the part where we're getting ready to uh, do our top three. Any, anything else we want to say about this movie before we get to top three? Oh, goodness. I'm good. Okay, here we go. Excuse me while I whip this out. So we decided to do movies, uh, haunted houses, slash, we're just going to call it buildings. I mean, that all movies have, it's not a house, maybe it's a castle or a movie theater or a, uh, a car that comes to life and tries to kill you or something. I don't know. Maximum overdrive. So anyway, um, <laughs> I just lumped it into the generic haunted houses. Andrew, unmute yourself. Okay. There you go. Uh, number... Three is Stir of Echoes with uh, Christian Slater. Oh, okay. Or no, I'm sorry, not Christian Slater. Um, Isn't that Kevin Bacon? Kevin Bacon, sorry. I've seen Mm, that. Bacon. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. It's been a minute since I've seen it, but it it was a really good... I remember watching it, I guess, in high school. There's like some... um, Freaking me out a little bit then. 
there's some moments where like doesn't someone like 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 rip their fingernails or something on the mm-hmm. floor or something like that like the yeah. girl the it was a real young version of the girl who was um who plays Kirk's mother from the the Star Trek reboot uh she was on yeah. house for like six seasons I think that's that anyway and then number two thirteen ghosts all right okay and number one Beetlejuice Beetlejuice. Yeah, I remember Sturbuckos. Yeah, that's the what movie I'm thinking of. Jennifer Morrison. Yeah, she's young. Yeah, cool. All right, Sam. All right. Well, since you jerks won't let me use my uh, Jurassic Park 3 uh, <laughs> air, airplane, um, uh, I'm going to have to put uh, – no. I'm going to put – well, my number three is all of the houses in the Paranormal Activity uh, series. Okay. Um, there's just something freaky about seeing a regular old house being so freaking haunted. Um, which brings me to my number two is the house in Poltergeist. Okay, sure. And my number one is 55 Central Park West in Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's, yeah. A, that's a good one. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah, Very man. cool. Uh, my three, um, my... Uh, honorable mention is the the house in the grudge. Uh, again, because that, <laughs> that movie gave me nightmares. Uh, my number three is the cabin in Evil Dead. Okay. Um, which is kind of a stretch because technically the house isn't haunted. The evil comes from the woods and attacks them in the house, so it's the house isn't technically haunted. But you're disputing yourself. There, I though. know that was my argument for. I, I knew that that was one that I was like. <laughs> It's not really the. Th- uh, my number two is Beetlejuice. And my number one is Monster House. Uh-huh. It show? The, yeah, the, yeah. The, that's uh, Spielberg. Um, not directed, but he executive produced it. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's a neat movie. We watch it every year. Um, we watched it last year with my son, and was like, "Yeah, I don't want to watch that again. It's kind of scary." <laughs> um. So. Because we asked him this year if he wanted to watch it uh, again, and he was like, "Nope, I'm good." So we did, however, we have watched um, Nightmare Before Christmas. We did do that. Oh, well, that's yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, even uh, even Daphne liked it. My dad, she's two and a half. Um, so okay, so what movies have we now done for October for this year? Well, this is our last one of the month, right? This is the last one of a month. Yeah. Yep. This was uh, so we are. Um, oh, I didn't mean to highlight that one. So this movie, uh, the, the sorry. Uh, so Mother was our first one, then Doom, then okay. The Witch, Doom. and 